today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. As you can imagine, during a global pandemic, uh, the economy is uh, going to take a kicking, and it has. Uh, as people are out of work, things are shut down, uh, as well as aid flowing out uh, of government coffers trying to keep everybody uh, afloat. The Canadian economy has posted its worst showing on record in 2020 as Obviously, the pandemic shifted across the world, putting people out of work, closing things down. Stats Canada says real gross domestic product shrank 5.4% in 2020, the steepest annual decline since data was first recorded back in 1961. To talk more about all of this, let's bring in Marvin Ryder, business professor to Groot School of Business, McMaster University. He is with us now. Marvin, thank you for the time. I hope you're doing well. I'm just great and glad to be with you. So uh, I guess, uh, obviously, we can, you know, it can be expected that with what's happened in the world over the last year obviously the economy is uh, is going to take a kicking is it as bad as you thought it might be a no. year ago so here's the odd answer to that question no i actually see this report today as good news i know that seems odd to you when i say that we knew that when we did the broad-based shutdown in march or april of last year we were really harming the economy and in fact canada fall in fell into a recession In the first half of 2020, we had the largest single shrinkage in the economy. That happened in the second quarter. The biggest, not since 1961, since the Great Depression. It was a disastrous quarter, absolutely. The question was, would we rebound? Would we have resilience in the economy? And what we now know, and the reason why Stats Canada released this today, is we now have data right through to the end of December 2020, and there was a significant bounce back. But was it a V-shaped bounce back? In other words, did we come right back to where we started from? And the answer is no. We're five percentage points less than coming right back. But that's, again, not a surprise because there are three sectors of our economy, travel, tourism, and hospitality, that are still, for the most part, shut down or at least severely constrained. Take the airline industry, 90% of the flights have been canceled. We're not flying to the Caribbean. So until we can get all parts of the economy back, we're not going to completely bounce back. But my gosh, given the depths of where we were at the end of the second quarter, we came back a long ways. And so now we're looking at 2021 as really a continuation of that rebound. The only question is how fast can we get the economy functioning on all cylinders? And Scott, I hate to say this to you because this ties back to some discussions we've had before. It appears that now the critical path all deals with vaccinations and getting herd mentality. We seem to be wrestling COVID in the right direction, but until we can get enough people vaccinated, we're still not going to be able to get tourism, travel, and hospitality back to where they were, and thus the economy is still lagging where we'd like it to be. I don't pretend to know a lot about gross domestic product numbers, but when you think of it, it it has shrank 5.4% from last year. That seems quite low, very little, considering we were shut down for such an extended period of time. And as you mentioned, those three industries, um, are you surprised it has come back the way it has? Well, (laughs) now I'm going to break my arm patting my back here. I, I actually thought it was going to look like a light switch. In other words, we'd turn it off, and then we'd turn it on, and we'd all come roaring back fairly quickly. I have been wrong in the sense that I didn't quite realize that some of these sectors would stay shut down. 
Now, maybe again to help you process this a little bit, in a typical year, so if I go back to 2019 or 2018, we would have GDP growth in that year of somewhere between 1.5% and 2%. If you were to able to grow your economy by, say, 3%, that would be considered just miraculous growth. And oddly enough, our best forecast for 2021 is nearly 5% growth. But that's not necessarily, again, in, in isolation, it's because of how far we had to shrink it back yeah. in the middle of 2020. It's also why government today is trying to be much more surgical with these lockdowns. Back in, in March and April, it was just, you know, every man for himself, run to your corner, hide, hide, hide. <laughs> Well, in the most recent lockdown, which is starting to come to an end and starting to be relaxed, we didn't act the same way. We didn't have to have uh, CERB. We didn't have to have some of those emergency programs because we've learned how better to deal with the pandemic. So, I, you know, I, I, I'm feeling really quite confident about things, but the part that I'm not confident in is the speed at which we can get back to normal. At the rate we are vaccinating today, we should be able to get back to normal by the year 2030. Well, wait a minute. I'm not planning to be locked down for nine more years. So we really now are needing to turn to our federal government and our provincial government, federal government in terms of supply of vaccines and provincial government in terms of their distribution and saying, okay, we've done our part. Now it's time for you to do your part so we can get back to some kind of normal by the end of this year. So uh, where are we now? Because we can see those vaccinations on the horizon. We yep. can, you know, hopefully if things go uh, the way the, the, the prime minister is, is uh, predicting by the end of the summer, by September, anybody who wants one, uh, a vaccination will get one. Are we just going to see all of a sudden the economy take off like a light, sw- a light switch at that point? So my belief is yes. Now, here's the problem, Scott. We don't quite know what the new normal is going to be. So a year ago, when you and I would have chatted about this, I was thinking this was like a hurricane that moves through. You lock everybody down. We go into the basement. We hide out. The hurricane blows past. We come out. We mop up, and we go back to business as usual. It's not quite clear to me that when this COVID hurricane moves off, what our new normal is going to be. So to give you a simple example, you're doing the show from home. Lots of other people are working from home. Let's suppose that before COVID, you were getting up at 5 in the morning, hopping on a GO train, working in downtown Toronto, fighting your way back. When your company says, okay, it's clear, come on back and fight your way into downtown Toronto, (laughs) are you going to say yes? And if the answer is, well, couldn't I still work at home, let's say, for three days a week, four days a week, and don't come in? Now, that doesn't seem like that's a big deal, but boy, does that change things. Think of that underground city in downtown Toronto called The Path. There are lots, hundreds of businesses that were there to, to deal with commuters. If those commuters don't come back, that's going to be a hit on our economy. And we just don't know, even with vaccines, whether we really are going to go back to the old normal or what the new normal looks like. And that's going to evolve as 2021 moves forward. It's interesting. We had someone on from Leger uh, just uh, prior to you. And at the, the largest segment, 31% of Canadians say they don't feel comfortable uh, with the economy and everything reopening until everyone has received uh, their completed doses. So their second shots of vaccines. So obviously we're not going to see a lot of that considering uh, uh, policy is made off of how the public is thinking. Obviously there is no rush. 
to get things open until we see that vaccination. Yeah, or I'll say it a little differently to you. In the first half of 2021, we're still in this sort of hang-on mode. Uh, although vaccines are being distributed, and bravo, we're now putting them in the arms of people who I think it's 85 and over, that's a rather small part of our population. Broad-based distribution for people in their 40s and 50s and 60s, that may not even happen in the first half of 2021. So this economy, I had hoped we'd be coming back faster in 2021. It looks like through the supply issues, what have you, it will be later. But even then, when we do get you vaccinated, what are people going to do? Now, you've mentioned the word comfort. Am I comfortable, let's say, going to a rock concert uh, or a country western concert at, at Cops Coliseum? Would I be happy sitting with 17,000 other fans? Well, if I knew they were all vaccinated, I'd probably feel better about it. Or if I knew that 90% of them were vaccinated, I'd be happier about it. And I'm vaccinated. But when are we? going to get that point same thing with flying on an airplane or going to europe uh, or going to the caribbean wherever you want to travel to what's it going to take and and then when it does happen will we operate the way we did before or are we still going to have to be masked are we going to glove are we going to sanitize is there going to be quarantines until we know what what the new normal looks like it's a little hard to tell you how far back we're going to come there may be some retardation of the economy even in 2021 you're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. It was fascinating. I was reading something this morning about uh, Royal Caribbean, and we certainly know what's happened with the cruise lines and all right. of this, talking about hospitality and travel and such, uh, that they are promoting an all-vaccinated cruise running out of Israel. They got support from, from the Israeli government on this, and that's how they're selling this. You can come on a boat, and every single person here has been vaccinated. Vaccinated. Uh, that's an interesting way to promote getting back on board. Is is? I mean, do you think that will work? Well, I think it will work, and, and but I think the other question is going to be, what are countries around the world going to say? So I'll just give you a really personal example, Scott. I, at this moment, I am booked to take a trip to visit the Baltic nations, Latvia, Lithuania, mm-hmm. and Estonia, in the second week of June. Now, that may all get canceled, but let's suppose for the sake of argument it isn't canceled, but will Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia say, yes, we're welcoming Marvin Ryder, assuming you've been vaccinated and you can bring us proof of vaccination. I don't want to call it a vaccination passport, but that, you know, we'll let you in, we'll let you go back to the old style of tourism if and only if you have proof of vaccination. And by the way, it isn't that I was vaccinated the day before I arrived, but probably two weeks before I arrived or three weeks. So they know that the the vaccines have kind of worked their way through my system. I, I think you're going to see that. And I suspect that Disney World, when it reopens, and Disneyland, when it reopens, and other theme parks may have uh, some new COVID protocols. It isn't about masking. It isn't about hand sanitizing. But you may need to show some proof of vaccination before you come in. And that's going to become, again, an interesting challenge. Some businesses won't. Some businesses will. We'll see which ones the consumers patronize. You know, you brought up an interesting point earlier, and we've talked about this as well at length on the show. We all talk about how life has changed with COVID-19 um, and and how that has really disrupted our lives. Is the big disruption still to come when we see how our life has changed after COVID-19? Well, I, I'll say it just a little differently. Uh 
I thought initially, again, like the hurricane going through, we're saying to you, just put up with this for a few weeks. We'll let the worst of this go by, and then we'll go back. And so that you started with COVID-19 as very much a temporary measure. But that temporary measure has now gone for 12 months and likely will be going for maybe 16 months or maybe even 18 months before you could go back to some kind of normal. Well, wait a minute, if I've lived this way for 18 months, that's now the normal, and now you're asking me to disrupt things. How much am I prepared to do that? And, and so you, I'm, not, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but you have found a way to keep your radio show on the air, and you jokingly call it your home show. I get that. But let's suppose, you know, we get to 75% vaccination. Are you itching to get back to the radio station? Yeah. <laughs> when? What day do you say, okay, I, I'm ready to go? Or yeah. is your broadcasting, maybe from your dining room or wherever you are in your home, is that now the new normal? I don't know. So even when we give you the all-clear does that mean people are going to say, yes, good, I'm going to go back to the old way of doing things? Or are you going to pick some new hybrid way of doing things? And, and we don't quite know what that's going to be just yet. Uh, at this point, I don't think we're going back till September. That is the uh, official rule for us. And again, I think that all hinges on on vaccination. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, this is this is going to be a huge question moving forward, how the template of businesses will change. You think of office space, how much less you need. You think of parking. Uh, as you mentioned, those people who work in the path system uh, underground Toronto that that depend on the nine to fivers, so to speak. Are, are you are you projecting a massive change or again once things get back to whatever the new normal is it'll it'll be a hybrid of but but not as much of this as what we think it will be yeah so unfortunately my crystal ball on this is quite foggy and all i can say you is there is the potential for massive change i do know that generally speaking consumers like behaving the way they behaved so the way you behaved in january of 2020 that was normal to you and most people want to get back to that normal. But uh, how close they're going to get, that's the problem. That's the potential. And, I, and again, I just don't know. I'll give you another example, Scott, in terms of all this economic material. Uh, our consumer spending, the amount of money that you and I spend on, on food or clothing, hasn't actually changed that much from last year to this year. But where we're spending the dollars uh, has changed. We're not visiting retail stores. We're not visiting malls. But, boy, are we going online and ordering. Mm. Now, that was uh, of necessity. I had to order online because that was the only way I could get those shoes or get that new shirt. Okay, great. But when the mall has a chance to reopen, will you go back to the mall? Or have you said, you know, now that I was forced to go shopping online, I kind of like it. I think that's going to be my new normal. And that's where my crystal ball breaks down. We just don't have enough data to know, given the choice, whether consumers will opt back to the way they behaved before or instead stick with what they've had to do through COVID. And, and, and until we know that, I can't quite predict who's going to succeed or, or be harmed by COVID-19. Would that, would that apply as well to interest rates until we know when this is going to get traction, meaning the economy get traction and take off? Uh, interest rates still questionable at this point as far as rising. Well, I'm going to say they're not questionable. The Bank of Canada has said that these low interest rates we've had are likely going to stay through to the middle of 2022. In other words, when they look into their crystal ball, they don't see anything that's going to cause them to increase interest rates in 2021 at all. And then when it does start to go up, it'll only go a quarter point at a time. 
Now, uh, again, we, we got some surprising data today. Not only did they tell us what 2020 looked like economically, but they took a quick look at January, and they said just on its own, just on its own, there was a half percent growth in January. I'm a little concerned about that preliminary estimate because that was still when there were major lockdowns in Ontario and Quebec and British Columbia. Gosh, that's a bit surprising to me. I won't, it won't completely shock me if in a month they <laughs> revise that number down a little bit. But if there is that much strength already, maybe Bank of Canada is going to have to change its tune. But its official story is, love these interest rates. You've got them for another year. Will it be tourism uh, getting back to a more normal or whatever the new normal is? Will that be an indicator that we have crossed the finish line once we see people flying, staying in hotels, going on cruise ships? Yeah, travel, tourism, and hospitality. So when you can open a restaurant... You know, I, I, I don't mean to be promoting any one brand, but something big restaurant like a keg or something like that where 200 people can sit and you could put 200 people in there. When you can have planes flying back at the level they were flying before and you can book a trip to wherever you want to go, Florida or California or wherever, no issues. When the hotels are reporting occupancy rates closer to what they were before, then we know we're all back to normal. Um, but I'm just not sure. I don't think any of that's going to happen in the first half of 2021. And I'm hoping, hopeful that it'll happen by the end of 2021. Again, depends on those vaccines. It would appear that as we slowly get through this, as as every day moves on, that things are becoming more and more positive, that things are getting better. We're just assuming that when this all gets traction, we may even have inflation and and have to monitor uh, interest rates. Is there any way we could come out of this and things go south for some reason well there's two things that i'm worried about at this point one is a third wave of covid and i don't mean to be a negative nelly but last year we shut down the economy in march and april this is the first week of march you know if we don't do the right job as we reopen we may have another shutdown before the spring is over and before summer is upon us so there's the first thing the the bigger concern is well what would cause deflation or negative inflation and that would be consumers saying you know i really love saving money and I don't want to spend. And, and I've not seen any sign of that. Yeah. Consumer spending has remained strong. Now, it is true. People have used the COVID opportunity to increase the amount of money they put into TFSAs and RRSPs. And many people have brought their debt loads down a little bit during this time. But again, generally speaking, we do love to consume as consumers. And I don't, I don't think this is going to be a permanent change when we can I think you are going to want to stretch your wings, get your credit card out, and go back to your old ways. But that could do it if what we really did is when we said, okay, open up, you you don't open up. I would remind you again, Scott, uh, the pandemic of of, uh, 1918. Again, I was just two years old at the time. I don't remember it that well. (laughs) But that pandemic was followed by a period of time we called the Roaring Twenties. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, I think, the most likely scenario for the decade ahead. What happens after the Roaring Twenties? I'm getting too far ahead of myself, aren't I? <laughs> well, that's a long ways down the road. That's right. Yeah. You know, that's when the Green Party is running the government, and who knows what <laughs> life is going to be like then. Yes, and who knows where you and I will be at that point. Exactly. Uh, Marvin Ryder, business professor at the Groot School of Business with McMaster University, talking about all things economic in a COVID-19 world. Marvin, as always, thanks so much for the time. Be well. Glad to be with you. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.